0: Hello,
1: everybody.
2: Hello, everybody.
3: Hello, everybody. Hey, Chase. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Chris. It's good to be here for another Unfiltered Supporters Show. Yeah, man. Yeah, Ep- man. This is episode 116. Yeah. Technically.
4: Well, yeah, and uh, of, of an ongoing series, as they say. That's right. Uh, big show today, too, dude. Big show. <sighs> I don't believe you. Uh, so um,
3: <laughs> I don't believe you. No, it's not be a big I, show. I've been
4: doing a thing. Uh, I've been like, uh, I, I've done this for a while now. Right before yeah. we go on air, right? Uh, yeah. I'll spend about uh, about. I try to make the last two hours, but it's usually like the last hour, hour and a half, where uh-huh. I just bring up the news networks and I'm just watching. Like, I generally bounce between Fox and CNN because they have the best evening stuff. Yeah, but I'm trying to check all of them. You sure. know,
3: well, you got to be fair and balanced, right? And I, I, I like to
4: get uh, all kind of fresh, like right as we're about to go on air, fresh with all the latest. You know, and uh, it is. Oh, my goodness, Chase. Uh, it is full-on, like, freak-out mode out there, my friend. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like...
3: This is CNN Breaking News. What's going uh, Ebola, on, Chris?
4: Ebola, 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 Ebola. It's all Ebola, Chase. It is all Chris, Ebola. Chris,
3: it's a distraction. Oh, my gosh. So we It's got- a distraction, Chris. What? It's a distraction.
4: No, Chase, you don't understand. There's been a confirmed case of Ebola. This guy just, like... Waltz through the airport chase—it's a total disaster. Well, the, that
3: part is actually true. They didn't ask him anything. I'm when he,
4: freaking out right now, Chase. you
3: know that that part's I'm true. I'm
4: freaking out right now.
3: That part's true. Okay, so now uh, now
4: we're not going to go all Anderson Cooper and do two hours. In fact, I think that can that can we just make that like the majority of our Ebola coverage right there? Totally,
3: absolutely. Okay, there
4: we That's, go. So everybody's been updated on Ebola. We're updated. Feel like we got that out of the way. Yeah, yeah, no, All right. Good. So Chase's choice to start today on the okay. uh, pre-show aspect. All right. But, I'm hey, ready. Those of you who are not familiar with the Unfiltered supporter show, we uh, we kind of warm up on the supporter show. We get you extra stuff that kind of gives you context what we're going to cover in the show. So we're going to move into uh, some ISIS updates. And uh, this week, this week the fear machine was truly, truly exposed.
5: Oh. Yeah. Go the
4: uh, the mainstream media just sold us all a huge bill of goods that we were skeptical of last week, but now we have new information. New S has come to light, man. And I got to tell you, uh, this is going to be an episode we'll walk away from, and we will see a little bit of how the public is sold on going into war. And it's going to be a nasty
3: revelation. I, I'm i looking forward to it. I'm, I'm shaking my head, I'm, looking I'm, at you like, yes. I'm
4: a little fired up about it. I'm a little excited. Uh, but... Uh, fired up and ready to go? We can't just, uh, what I have learned as I've gotten older, Chase, is you can't just jump right into the action, if you know what I mean.
3: You gotta warm things up. Actually, that could apply to a lot of things in life. That's what I'm saying. And uh, at all ages, actually.
4: Yeah. Well, the sooner you learn that, the better off you are. <laughs> yeah. Let me tra- let yes. me tell you, my friend. Let I me tell you. Okay. I agree. So we're going to What about the that. show again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Chase's choice. That's what it was. Yeah, Chase's, Chase's choice. choice. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, so Eric Holder's legacy or White House security breach? Which would you prefer, my friend? I know both are just so juicy. Oh God, both are crappy too. Because yeah. I know both. I know. And well, no. And you know, I know you got comments. You got comments. What do you feel like tearing into first, White House? Let's talk New about New Information, or Eric Holder. He's getting out of here, Let's man.
3: Let's talk about the Security Breach at the White House. Oh,
4: good, because that's all the CNN was talking about until they
6: started to discover Ebola. Here we go, Chase. The most famous residence in America is supposed to be the most secure. But it wasn't September 19th, the night an intruder got into the White House. <gasps> so he learned Scott. today that the breach was more dangerous than the Secret Service acknowledged. The Iraq War veteran who was carrying a knife made it more than 130 feet inside to one of the most famous rooms in the House. He allegedly told an agent that the atmosphere was collapsing and he needed to tell the president. Senior White House correspondent Bill Plant has details. Sounds legit.
5: Omar Gonzalez raced unobstructed for 70 yards across the White House north lawn. He brushed by a Secret Service officer who had a drawn gun and entered the mansion. Sources tell CBS News that he ran through the entrance hall to the cross hall, past the staircase leading up to the first family's residence. I love how we're now getting,
4: uh, this is,
3: uh, <laughs> I here. didn't know we had a red room. <laughs> oh, dude. And dude, a blue room. The
4: red room's where it's
3: at. Well, I know there's the green room. That's yeah. where you know yeah. you warm up the guests yeah, before you know they in, come out on the air. You know it's in the
4: red room? What's in the red room? The booze. And that's where people also throw up.
5: Oh. I don't know why. I don't know why. Fair anyway, enough. so there's your map of the White House if you ever okay. want to break in. Confronted by a female Secret Service agent and overpowered her, he entered the East Room and was brought down. By the way, at the door of the. I've
3: been hearing nothing nonstop about this female agent. Yeah, why are they even mentioning the sex at all? Why does that matter? I, I've been. I heard it. I've heard it on the radio. I've yeah. seen it on television. Yeah, I have too. They and are so quick to point out. Uh, powered by a female operative. Right. Why now, does that matter? So I'm wondering— And all that is equal, of course. Here's
4: what I'm thinking. Is, uh, you know, uh, the Obama administration for several years was under a lot of crap for not having enough women in the yeah, White House. Yeah. Maybe they're just going out of their way to point out that we have women in the Secret Service?
3: N- no. I, and by doing I, so, no, they're I, like I, clumsily— You ready for the hate mail? And I, I'm sorry, ladies. Uh, I, I think that, that what they're trying to demonstrate is, oh, well, women are weak, and they shouldn't be in that position. I think that's what angle they're going after. I don't. I don't. I don't mm. believe that. I honestly don't. I've met some incredible women that would kick my butt any day of the week. I mean, uh, so I don't. I don't get that. I don't know why they have to consistently let everybody. It was a powered by a female agent.
4: Yeah, I've noticed it too, um, and I've wondered it. Uh, are the chat rooms pointing out maybe it's to set us up for Hill Dog? I don't know.
3: Well, well, that would be. Worse, wouldn't it? Maybe I mean, it's you're more. Saying, oh, impressive. Well, we can push the female. Oh, okay. Aside? I'm
4: a con suggesting that maybe it's to make him sound more like a bad guy, like because he was roughing up a woman. You know, playing you it. Know, in
3: a- I'll give you a ding on that. That's yeah. that's a that's a pretty good. He's angle. a real
4: lunatic because he pushed a woman. You know that kind of thing. You think maybe?
3: But didn't she have her gun drawn,
4: dude? She's yeah, exactly. Like I mean, come on, right? I mean, let's be serious. Like yeah. if you think about it for more than two seconds. But you know, he just he just throws it in there super quick. Yeah, and they always do. They always just toss it in there. Just a little factoid here. I'll sure. play it back a little bit. All right.
5: Residents. He was confronted by a female Secret Service agent and overpowered her. He entered the East Room. See, he just moves right along, and you don't give it much
4: more thought than that.
5: pooh overpowered. Yeah. Her. What a jerk! I bet she was pregnant even. <laughs> She probably fell on the baby. She probably had a broken leg. ...was down at the door of the green room by other agents. None of that was in the original report issued by the Secret Service. In a statement the following day, the Secret Service said only that Gonzalez was ultimately apprehended by officers inside the North Portico doors of the White House. Today, the agency declined comment, Uh. citing an ongoing investigation into the incident. The White House says the results will further enhance security. On a November night in 2011, Oscar Ortega Hernandez fired multiple rounds at the White House with a semi-automatic rifle. The Washington Post reported yesterday that a Secret Service supervisor thought the noise was backfiring construction equipment and ignored eyewitness accounts of a shooting. It was not until four days later that a housekeeper discovered broken glass and plaster, even though the bulletproof windows had held. A total of seven bullets had hit the building in and around the first family's living quarters. One of the president's daughters was home at the time. The president and first lady were described as furious at the breach. Utah Congressman Jason Chaffetz has been pushing to reform the security agency.
1: One Secret Service agent that I talked to said, we just keep getting lucky. Well, we can't rely on luck. We have great men and women but leadership and protocol, I got serious questions about that.
5: Now, the president and first lady were not in the White House during either of these incidents. Oh, handy. Scott, the committee which oversees the Secret Service will question Director Julia Pearson tomorrow tomorrow. About the security lapses,
6: senior White House correspondent Bill Plant at
3: the White House.
5: So I have two theories. Uh, do
4: you want to start? Do you have anything? Uh, in... No,
3: I'll, I'll let you dish out your theories first.
4: Okay. So a couple of things about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched an interview with a former uh, Secret Service guy. I guess he was fairly high up in Secret Service, and I'm like on the details. I probably should have clipped it. Um, and what he said is that just fundamentally, like the, the door wasn't even locked where the guy came in, like at the White House. The door well, was. Why locked. would
3: you? Everybody's welcome. It's uh, the people's house.
4: It's the White House. Uh, and so here's the other thing he said. <laughs> I'm just is that. He said it's yes. been a steady decline since Bush created the Department of Homeland Security and moved Secret Service into the Department of Homeland Security was, out from Treasury.
3: That's right. I was, I was just going to say I, I've heard the same theory, and I think it's a good sound theory on that.
4: Yeah, so quality – and ever since then, we have had scandal after scandal. Yeah, this is yeah. not
3: the first one. No. Nope.
4: But then I have a secondary, more bacony track. Fair that I should I start? Is it too early in the show to fry the bacon you brought? Dude, over?
3: it's never early to fry all bacon, right. especially this bacon that I brought over from Woodenville, Washington. Oh, yeah, oh got man. Some thank gr- you, by the way. It's very good. Yeah, I love that maple flavor. That's tasty. Oh boy.
4: So uh, here is my bacon. Just just throwing this out there is, uh, I bet there's all there's all kinds of little events that happen. Uh, in fact, in the overtime folder in the BitTorrent sync. I have a clip that goes over, just in the last decade, the attempts at the White House. Right. Uh, So it's not a totally uncommon thing. That clip goes into more detail. But I wonder if we're playing it up a little more than normal. Because all kinds of things are happening all the time. What you have to realize about the news is they just choose to focus on certain things. All kinds of things are always going on. Yeah. It's what they elect to focus on that you sometimes have to look at. And yeah. I would suggest to you that perhaps in light of all of this recent you know, ISIS passports, 100 passports coming back into the U.S., homegrown terrorism, lone wolf. Maybe they're trying to suggest and demonstrate that even the fortress of the United States of America is vulnerable to a crazy lone wolf terrorist. And it's not that, that's, not that they made this guy do this, but now that it's happened at the same time all this is going on, and it's not a totally uncommon event, you go ahead and play the hell out of it right now. You have hearing after hearing. Yeah. You have the head of the Secret yeah. Service resign. You mean you yeah. really make a big deal out of
3: it. I, I've thought about that along the same lines, too. I mean, when I first heard about this, whenever I hear about these one-off dudes who, who go and they you know, bum-rush the White House— I always wonder, and this is probably bacony as well. What if he is a, an offshoot of a terrorist organization that we don't know about because they're not telling us? They don't want to tell us that and freak right, us oh yeah, out. Oh yeah, they don't want to no, freak us no, out. Of course,
4: you never want to scare the public. Never want to scare the never public. Never want to no scare fear. the public
3: about terrorism. But, but what if? What if <laughs> this is him? This is a terrorist group testing security, kind of like a hacker that would I, well, w- would test. See.
4: That's how you know a lot of this terrorism stuff is fake because that sounds like totally legit. Like if you're actually a terrorist, like there was this story about uh, this guy that was snipe shooting like the power grid yeah. uh, down in like, what was it, California or something? Yeah, it was California.
3: Yeah. Uh, Transformers.
4: Yeah. That would be the perfect little precursor to a larger scale attack to just take a few things out, see how, the, see how they react, see how the public services handle it, see what surveillance there is, what information they're able to collect, and yeah. then let it sit for a while and come back and re-attack. However— I think this is, here's a much more likely scenario. So -hmm. the guy's an Iraq war vet. Yeah. Now, how many vets do you want to bet? Go over there, believe in something, yeah. and come back fundamentally believing something completely different that changes their entire world.
3: I bet you we have a supporter that's one of those people right now. I think we
4: have a few of them. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of them are justifiably mad as hell. Totally, and I think that's why something we've picked up on on this show is there seems to be an undercurrent of fear of the vets, starting with the Bush administration, continued in the Obama administration, where at like all like out of some of the people they fear the most in the U.S. are vets, especially when it comes. The law enforcement. Well,
3: it doesn't help that our administration and government has totally belittled the whole VA situation. And, right. And I mean, just compounded. Yeah, and yeah. I think
4: that's why they fear the vets is because they know they have a reason to be afraid. They legitimately have a reason. Yep. They have been screwed with the VA system. They were lied to. They were sent into a senseless war into an area of the world that's just a hellhole.
3: It goes back to Desert Storm. And now look back, at anything yeah.
4: that was accomplished has now yeah. been erased. Yeah. And so – I, I, if I was an Iraq war vet, I'd have a few reasons to want to rush the White House. Yeah. I'd have a few right now, especially Agreed. with us sending more guys back in. Could you yeah. imagine what some of these guys feel like right now when they see more of their of their friends going back?
3: Oh, uh, just wow. devastated.
4: Yeah. I mean, jeez. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd want to rush the White I mean, so you just yeah. take that. Yeah. So you have – there is your motivation. And then what you just need is a complicit media to hype the hell out of it. And you, boom, done.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, and uh, it, and it's – I wouldn't say conveniently timed, but you guys be observant here. I mean, obviously, this is a serious situation. We don't want anybody just walking into the White House, whether or not they're a vet or just anybody. We just we don't want that, you know. We you know we want to have that trust and security. But then at the same time, we got you know the ISIS situation that's happening in Syria right now, uh, and a lot of other top stories. And then all of a sudden, this just just push boom. boom boom, and then we're going to we're going to talk about it. we're going to talk about the Ebola thing. Yeah. No, well, I thought we did. I was kind of done with it. Oh, oh If you have we, more we oh, can. you you're really, really Well, good. I just
4: don't it's not a big deal. I mean, it, no. okay, I don't mean to put it like Ebola in the US is not a big deal. That's not that's no. not a that's not a bad thing. And also uh I mean it's just I don't think I don't I'm not worried about it going crazy. No. I know people are freaking out about Ebola. I've even seen it in our subreddit people are concerned about it, and I'm not trying to downplay the lives that are being lost to it. What I'm trying to say is like um I don't think there's anything legitimately there for
3: us to cover. The only thing that I'm ever worried about, yeah, is the incompetence of our government in handling. Oh, jeez. Um,
4: well, dude, that's why. Yeah, I mean, we're sending troops right, to, to fight right. Ebola. Yeah. And
3: yeah, I was listening to the radio on the way over here, like I, I usually do. And uh, they, uh, I, I there was some British guy talking about the Ebola virus, and he was talking about. How he, he him and his team were in in Africa, and they were doing uh, research and they were trying to learn treatment for this thing and at every stop of their journey on their way home, so they you know they left right. Africa, yeah, they yeah. landed in Germany yeah. uh, then they landed in London, yep. and then they landed in the u s right. at every stop of the right. journey, with the exception. Of uh, the United States, they asked him questions. Right. They took their
4: temperature. So you're referring to this uh, this uh, Renee Marsh? Or no, this guy. I don't know the guy's I name. I don't know the guy's name. Yeah. I don't know the name either. Uh, here, I'll play a little. We'll play a little clip. All right, we'll play a little clip, Chase. We'll play a little clip of it for you. The
7: Liberian government tells CNN the infected passenger Thomas Eric Duncan stopped in Brussels on his way back to the U.S. Thomas Eric Duncan. We now know he boarded United Airlines Flight 951 to Washington Dulles connecting to another United Flight 822 to Dallas. Local governments in Ebola hotspots screen passengers with temperature scanners and look for obvious signs of illness.
6: We've made sure that every single traveler who leaves that country is tested to see if they have a fever before they get on the plane. If they have a fever, they don't get on the plane.
7: Okay, thank you. CNN medical correspondent Elizabeth Cohen and her crew were checked at Liberia's airport as they prepared to leave. And when passengers arrive on U.S. soil, Customs and Border Patrol officers are supposed to question their whereabouts and visually scan for symptoms. But Cohen was surprised there wasn't more thorough checks. She says one officer was unsure of what symptoms she would experience if she was infected.
3: To bolster that screening That's effort. not exactly what uh, this- happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What happened was the the passenger arrived in the United States. Right. The passenger uh, explained uh, to uh, everybody on the team that, yeah, they just got back. Uh, they were doing treatment. The agent said, hey, congratulations. You know, hey, keep up the great work. Mm-hmm. Didn't take any temperature right. or anything right, like that. Right, right. Um it's it's those situations that you know worry me. The other thing too I was learning about is did you know that we have actual isolation suites set up for Ebola (laughs) at four major hospitals in the US? Yeah. And this guy's not at any of them.
4: Here, let me play this clip too, since we're going in this direction.
8: All
3: right. This is morning the door to door investigation begins. Health officials
8: include the the Center for Disease Control, (laughs) now in Dallas. In search of anyone who may have come in contact with the first patient diagnosed with ebola in the united states
6: the patient admitted to this hospital has tested positive for ebola virus the cause of ebola virus disease according to the cdc
8: the unidentified patient traveled from liberia on september 19th landing in the united states the following day september 20th doctors say he did not feel sick Until the
6: 24th. The patient was visiting family members and staying with family members who live in this country.
8: Ebola is a virus that can affect multiple organ systems and can sometimes cause internal bleeding. Those symptoms don't appear for two to 21 days after infection.
4: All right, I want to stop here. So I think one of the reasons why I'm kind of, I seem a little blase to this, maybe a little casual to this is. That The week we started covering the Ebola outbreak in Africa, I yeah. assumed we'd eventually have a few infections in the U.S. Right. However, our, our medical system and containment system is, I mean, I, I'm just not massively worried about it, but you seem to be a little worried about it. I'm, it's not a worry
3: of the virus.
4: Yeah. What it's is it a worry? the worry
3: of the incompetence. Because like I said, we have these, you know, we have hospitals set up for this specific situation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And instead of getting the patient to one of these specialized hospitals that is focused on this, I hear you. They're just leaving them there. I know. I think the fear machine's getting to you a little bit. But no, though. that's not a fear thing. No, though. no,
4: I know. Well, it is. Only it's it's a logical it's a logical analysis of the situation because you recognize there's always these blunders. No, what, what and There is me a room off.
3: for mistake. No, what pisses me off is we spend. You know, tens of hundreds of millions of dollars setting know, up these facilities, I know, I know. and he's not there. I, and then it's we like, s- come on. I
4: know. Well, what we need to do is send some troops to Texas. That'll do it, right? And then that'll solve that. We can just hey, fight I, the
3: virus in Texas. I got an icebreaker to completely remove us from this.
4: Oh yeah, yes. What?
3: So we talk. I,
4: yeah, it's, yeah, that's Yeah. A let's, nasty just, topic. let's just let's okay. just move
3: on. I will keep. I mean, on, honestly, we'll keep on the up.
4: Yeah. If it if it yeah, we'll follow the optics of the story. And if it continues to develop, we'll update you right here on the show.
3: Thank you very much, Chris. <laughs> no, I got something to tell you, Chris. Oh, good. What should I do? This like a radio? Station? I feel like
4: we need a segment opener for it. I yeah. feel like it's gonna be a good one. What is yeah. it, Chase? All right, Chris.
3: You know we've done giveaway giveaways here on the show oh, before, right? yes. Yeah, right. And I'm gonna give a giveaway right oh, now to gosh. a member of our live chat this room. Is audience. exciting.
4: Okay, which Chewy? Okay. All right, how are we going to do this? It's going to be real you simple. do it on the fly. Okay, what well, is it? Well,
3: I have it already. Oh, you, okay. All right. Oh, you're pro, so, so you got to be in the chat room, okay? Right. So, so, This if, is kind of spur of the moment. This Sorry is spur of the moment, so I, I apologize if you're not here. But what's going to happen is I'm going to be pasting a link in the chat room momentarily. This link is a direct invite to get yourself a OnePlus One phone. Now, here are the conditions of the contest. It's really it's quite simple. First off, you got to be ready to buy the phone. You have to. I mean, don't grab the invite just to resell the invite. Right. Because if you do that, I swear I will find you.
4: I got to figure that's going to narrow it down right there.
3: Right. Because you have to have 350 bucks ready to get To get the, one, the OnePlus. Right. It's right? a 64 gig phone. There we go. Unlocked. It works on AT&T. Chase got the invite right here in his pocket. And
4: T-Mobile. It's burning a hole in his pocket. AT&T, T-Mobile, GSM, OnePlus invite right now in the chat room. So,
3: so here's the deal, you guys. It's real simple. You click on the link. Go through the process. Someone's going to be first. So, Chris, I'm ready to hit the button. Are you really? I'm, I'm literally ready.
4: All right, Chase. So you tell me when to pull the lever... And we'll give it a go. All right, this you guys. This is really exciting. And you know, I got to say, Chase was kind enough to offer me a, the OnePlus invite. I, yeah. I I declined for now. I might regret that. I might regret that.
3: Now, so here here's the thing. I, I gave one of uh, one of them to Joe Falby. Yeah. Uh, co-host know, Minecraft. Me. Co-host Minecraft me. I gave one to a member of the Geek Gamer TV community. Nice of you. And now this one's going to a member to the JB community. Oh, that's nice of you. Uh. So so you guys, hopefully you're ready. So you tell you ready for me to pull it. Pull it. All right, here we go, Chase. Who do we got? There it is. There's the link. So the link's in there now. All right. Now the link has been submitted. Now whoever grabs it gets it. Who, yeah. Yeah. Whoever okay. grabs it gets it. All right, there you go. So we'll... we'll that was exciting we'll, and then boom. It's just, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know how we...
4: Remember how we were talking about warming up and then just not... And then we just... Boom!
3: boom. I feel like we just... That was a good
4: reset, though. That yeah, was, it was exciting. exciting. That was nice. I so, love like that. So
3: I will... I will uh, I will let you know. Uh, I, hopefully, they'll they'll let us know. How who, will you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I'll know that it's claimed on my oh, okay. on my page. Okay. I just won't know who it's claimed by. Okay. It won't right. tell me. Yeah.
4: Um. You know. Could, you know. Probably could have tweeted it too. That'd probably been a better way because there's people that watch live that aren't in the chat room.
3: Yeah, but the, yeah, the problem with tweeting it is I just don't want some right. stranger doing right. a search for OnePlus. Well, and then or you know it's
4: going to an unfiltered live. I wanted. Yeah. I wanted to go somebody here. That's cool. All right. Now, this next clip is in here because you're the one that texted me. He's like, we got to talk about this. You, you brought this on yourself. Eric Holder, your uh, buddy, your yeah. pal – Breaking news! He's going to retire kind of eventually. Kind of, soon sort of. Later maybe, than... Yeah, at some point.
9: <laughs> Eric Holder's Justice Department is also investigating the Ferguson shooting. President Obama...
4: Random non-sequitur.
9: ...announced Thursday the Attorney General will step down. He took office in 2009 at the start of the Obama administration. Holder is the only African American ever to lead the DOJ. Major Garrett is at the White House with some of the President's options. Major, good
1: morning. Hey, Major. Good morning. The White House says they will not name Holder's replacement for a week, maybe two. The short list includes Holder's deputy attorney general, the current solicitor general, and a former White House counsel, all scream continuity and familiarity. Meanwhile, Holder's legacy remains mixed. Eric Holder is one of President Obama's closest friends, a powerful voice in the cabinet who often said what the president would not on matters of race.
10: In things racial, we have always been, and we, I believe, continue to be, in too many ways, essentially A nation of cowards.
11: President Obama
1: called Holder the people's (laughs) attorney. That comes with a big portfolio.
0: From counterterrorism to civil rights, public corruption, to white-collar
1: crime. Holder will go down in history for refusing to defend the Clinton-era Defense of Marriage Act and expanding civil liberties for gay and transgender Americans. Holder made history of a different kind as well the resolution is agreed to you. becoming the only attorney general held in contempt by the House of Representatives.
4: I'm going to be honest, I didn't think CBS would go this direction in the report. You I, know, they're about I, to go to Fast and Furious. I thought they would just gloss right
3: over that cuz I thought we I thought we didn't I'm, talk about Fast I'm, and Furious. I'm actually a little impressed by that. I know. I know.
1: Republicans accused Holder of withholding documents related to Operation Fast and Furious, <laughs> a federal gun tracing effort implicated in the death of Border Patrol agent Brian Terry. Congressman Daryl Issa, who chairs the— Although, huh,
4: okay. Now, they did kind of gloss over the fact that Fast and Furious was a scandal where we gave guns to Mexican drug cartels. I <laughs> just said it was, that it was related to a Border Patrol a- agent death, but oh, all right. So, you know, in retrospect, actually, that was a little soft.
1: Yeah. House Oversight Committee— frequently Um, clashed with Holder.
10: I'm not going to stop talking now. uh, the The way in which you conduct yourself as a member of Congress, it's unacceptable
1: and it's shameful. A point man in the war on terror, Holder authorized the expansion of government surveillance of phone and Internet traffic, and in the case of the Associated Press, sought phone records of reporters.
0: When we look at some of the invasions of privacy, that doesn't seem consistent with his general commitment to constitutional values, especially equality under the law.
1: Top contenders to replace Holder include his deputy, James Cole, the former White House counsel, Catherine Rummler, the current Solicitor General, Donald Varelli, Preet Bharara, who is the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, and Jenny Durkin, America's first openly gay U.S. Attorney, who just stopped down from that post in the Western District of Washington State. Oh, interesting. She just Eric stepped Holder's
9: down. Justice Department...
1: Uh, I, uh, By
3: the way, that that package, with the exception of the the softballish, you know, arms you know, yeah. Fast and Furious thing, yeah.
4: pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, not yeah. bad. Yeah, that's why I left the whole thing. And usually yeah. I like cut them up, you know. Yeah, I left the whole thing in, and I figure too, uh, like looking at this, I, I I wonder if I could it be, could we be so fortunate that perhaps the Obama administration is preparing for heads to roll over some of the NSA stuff. Because it is interesting that he was, you know, when it comes to the legal aspect of authorizing the warrantless wiretapping and the all-in collection of the internet, yeah. that his name is on that legal authorization. So I yeah. wonder if moving him out of the way is to insulate from some upcoming. I don't know. Maybe not. I'm sure that's optimistic thinking.
3: So, and then at the end of Obama's term, he'll. Uh put out some decrees and some pardons, and he'll uh, put Eric on the list? Although, you know, then again, Eric has been <laughs> threatening to leave for a while.
4: Like, this is not a first—this is not a fact. I think when Obama—I can't What's remember. What's your
3: prediction on what is he going to do? Is he going to do the uh, the uh, speaking circuit? Is he, oh, he going to oh go— Oh, my gosh. Come on, we got to make a prediction I, here.
4: I, I believe that Eric Holder lives with a deep, dark guilt. When I look at that man, he looks like a man that sold his soul. So I would think he's going to disappear and into a life of despair, but maybe not. None I, of these guys seem to do that. I think so. he's
3: going to take some time. He's going to let You going to uh, red book this? I, you're, you're I think gonna gonna, red book? I got I, the red book out right here. Well, yeah, we should both. All right. So how are you say he's going to take time off? How long?
4: Oh, oh, I think we before we go there, oh, I think okay. what we got to talk about is a little caveat to this retirement. Oh. Homeboy's sticking around. When uh, does it happen? <laughs> not until uh, Congress approves his replacement. So, a they don't even have the replacement selected yet, and b we got
3: elections to and, deal with,
4: and then they got a, the Senate or somebody, some some bunch of assholes is going to have to send the Senate is going to have to approve this guy. Yeah, and that could take forever. So, I'm going to say before the 2016 election, but
3: well, I 20 yeah two years yeah he he'll be out within two years sure. Well, but why yeah. would you announce it now if you're not going out within the next? That's the next true. Six months. That's true. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. So no, he'll be out within the next six months. Um, I believe the attorney general is going to be female. I don't know. You think which,
4: it's going to be the? Uh, I don't know which one. The the gay one that just stepped down.
3: I don't know. Um, possibly, but I think to line up with the hill dog situation. Yeah. I mean, what That'd she be good? She would like that. So you think
4: the next one's going to be female? You're going to put that? I'll put that in here next. Yeah. So that's a chase prediction.
3: Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be female, just because of the fact. I mean, you've already predicted Hill Dogs winning in a landslide, anyway. So if that happens, I mean, I mean, Obama's black, Eric Holder's black, Clinton black, uh, not black, but female. female. Attorney General, female. I mean, you have to continue good the continuity.
4: It'd be good yeah. stuff. Yeah. All right. I'll put that there. I think the other stuff is harder to know because I don't know. I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen something like this when during election time, yeah. so I don't know how that affects. By the it. way,
3: uh, update on the OnePlus uh, situation. that we. Oh, gave can I up. show that? Is yeah, that okay? yeah, you oh, can okay. show this. Right. Uh, as you can see, uh, it's been claimed. Uh, it's gone. So I don't know who scored it in the chat room. Maybe if you uh, mention my name, uh, which is Chase Studio. Uh, and highlight and let me know. Uh, I'd like to know who, who uh, scored who that. Who got it. Yeah.
4: Uh, okay, so moving on. We've got to get into some of our stuff. So now we're going to yes. start circling in on to our main topics now. Okay. This is kind of how the pre-show works. Uh, for you noobs, <laughs> get off my sack, okay? Uh, let's start with the FBI identifies the uh, guy behind the ISIS beheading. Uh, another story that uh, your buddy and mine, Chase like Nunes, yeah. was on top of uh, today.
12: American warplanes attacked ISIS again overnight in Syria and Iraq. Airstrikes hit targets in eastern Syria and near the Iraqi city of Kirkuk. New video shows Wednesday's first attack on oil facilities that produced much of the terror. The group's terror in London this morning. Prime Minister David Cameron called for Britain to join the air war as part of a wider involvement.
4: We'll have more on that. I'm going to skip ahead from that part because uh, I don't want to spoil uh, our goodies there. Uh, all right, here we go. Here we go. This
6: is the part where they've uncovered the beheading guy. James Comey said, "Quote: I believe we have identified
3: him." He went on to say, "I'm not going to tell you who I believe it is." <laughs> Wait. Yeah. By the, by the way, f- funny funny story about Jane James Comey. Uh, Comey. 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 Whatever. Comey. Come- Seriously, you know he was in the Seattle metro area. He's yeah. visiting the field office here. Do you know he's a piece of crap? Yeah, yeah, I knew that too.
4: <laughs> uh, let me play. Uh, let me see if I can. Uh, I'm going a little out of order here, so give me just a sec. But yeah, no uh, problem. Uh, I want to play uh, some uh, some of these clips for you. Let's see if I have them on here. I might not. I'll dig them up later. Uh, so that he he's this he's a guy who who believes that the best way to have security is by having the government have a back door. Into uh, everything, and that the best way to have security, uh, or I'm sorry, the best way to have liberty is more security. Here, let me play the first clip where you can see what a dbag Comey is. Sure. Uh, I reject the notion, uh, the framework of trade off,
13: right, of balance between security and liberty. The guy that runs the FBI. I reject that trade off because I believe the most effective security is that which enhances liberty. Um, if I imagine in my mind's eye a, a city park where gangbangers are hanging out in a way that allows uh, them to dominate the park but not to allow children or grandparents to use that park and the city responds by putting a police officer in that park liberty and security have both been enhanced mm. that's when we're little cut there Hold on that's when we are at our best and so uh, people talk all the time about the internet i believe the internet today is one of the most dangerous neighborhoods imaginable right? i simply must <laughs> be able to offer security in that environment in a way that enhances liberty. Oh. oh but it requires a dialogue and a conversation. Nice to know. So
4: that's, uh, that's James Comey. Uh, speaking of the Internet, uh, this is by a request of Eric in the chat room. Here's uh, Comey talking about how uh, cyber is the new vector. I've tried to
13: explain to people who know the world of cyber less than you, the world right. of cyber. Cyber touches everything I'm responsible for.
4: Cyber touches everything, Chase. <laughs> it does indeed. Counterterrorism,
13: counterintelligence, and all of our criminal responsibilities manifest in cyber. Because it's not a thing, it's just a way. It's a cyber. Right? It's a vector. It's a vector. It's a way that bad people do things. Because we, um, as a people, have connected our entire lives to the internet. To the internet. Right? It's where my children play. It's where I bank. It's where my health care is. It's where my nation's critical infrastructure is. It's where our nation's secrets are.
4: It is where everything is. That's, that's crap. I mean, there is, yeah, uh, there is a component yeah. of those things there, but that's not the only place it exists. If your bank's website went down, you could go to your bank and get your money.
3: That's absolutely right.
4: He, he's, t- he's talking in exagger- hyperbolic exaggeration, which is inappropriate when you are the guy that is in charge of the FBI. In this country and around the world,
13: uh, that vector change— Fact- touches everything I'm responsible for. I was recently in Indiana, and they gave me, a local sheriff gave me a bullet fired from John John Dillinger's Thompson submachine gun. And as I stared at the Dillinger bullet, it occurred to me that a great vector change of the 20th century actually gave birth to the modern FBI. Because in the 1920s into the 1930s, the confluence of asphalt and the automobile was a vector change that the world had never seen before suddenly criminals could commit
4: crimes across unheard of distances. So you see what he's doing here. He's, he's equating... So what he's saying is... I, this is so extremely important to take in what this guy is saying. What he's saying is the FBI came about because roads were invented, and once roads were invented and we connected the... I mean, really? Yeah. saying once we had the yeah. freeway, yeah. criminals could, could rob across states, and so we had to have the FBI. And that cyber the threat vector of cyber is such a fundamental threat that it's going to require just the same kind of commitment. Two states, three states in back the same day bit, sure. could commit
13: crimes across unheard of distances. Two states, three states in the same day, moving at speeds that were unimaginable, 40 miles an hour, downhill, 50 miles an hour. County lines suddenly were not relevant. State lines were not relevant. And a national force was needed to respond to that vector change. Vector there was changed. the first director of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover. Um, and the modern FBI was born to respond to that new vector, that new way. So as I stood there staring at the Dillinger bullet, it occurred to me that Dillinger um, could not do 1,000 robberies in all 50 states in the same day in his pajamas from
4: halfway around the world. You see how he's framing this? Yeah. You see how he's saying, like, we are up against the biggest criminal threat ever known to humanity. It has never been this big. That's what today's vector change represents, right? The unheard of distances of Dillinger and his ilk. So imagine the amount of power. If he believes this is the scale of the threat, imagine what he believes he must need in proportional power to combat that threat.
13: The speed of Dillinger and his ilk are infinitely smaller and more narrow than the speed at which and the distances
4: over which the threat moves today. Okay, so if the enemy you have to fight is infinitely smaller and faster and more capable, how much more capable, how much more power must you want as the FBI? Yeah. Right?
13: The Internet moves at 186,000 miles per second, which is the speed of light. Okay. The notion of county lines, state lines, international lines... Normal concepts of venue and space and time are blown up by this threat. Right? I was in Indianapolis. Right. Shanghai is next to Indianapolis on the Internet. Oh, oh. Right? in The space right. and time right. movement of the threat on the Internet has shrunk the world to the size of a pin. So if we're going to be effective at the FBI at responding and meeting our counterterrorism threats, our counterintelligence threats, and all of our criminal threats, we have to be able to operate effectively in cyberspace. So I have to be able to recruit, hmm. retain, hmm. train, uh-huh. equip,
4: and deploy against that threat. Huh. So uh, do you want to hear how they're going to do it? Do you want to hear more? Oh, yeah. You're like, not going to believe this. How? Chris? You know what's not good enough? Having the NSA. So you know what the FBI needs? Their own entire intelligence agency. That's how you fight Who's been this. traveling to that country?
13: Who do you know who went back there? Who's studying the hard sciences from that country? Get me lots of stuff, bring it back, and smart people will figure out what we're going to do with that and who needs to know that. Uh, because I believe this has to be part of everything the FBI does, I have taken the intelligence directorate and taken it out from under the national security branch. The moment I walked in the door and looked at our organization chart, I said, that doesn't make sense to me. Because if I'm trying to drive this integration, this way of thoughtfulness
4: into everything we do, What's that doing sitting under the national security branch? Listen to what he's saying. He's saying he took the national security directive and he moved it under the FBI. I want it part of criminal. I want it part of cyber. I want it part of everything we do here. They want to integrate intelligence analysis, NSA-style analysis, into everything the FBI does. And so I took it and created, with Congress's permission... Which I don't...
13: I never remember hearing about this. An ...intelligence branch. We last had an intelligence
4: branch with Boginski was running it. Which failed miserably. Mo Bezitsky was from the NSA. This bombed. It was considered a dramatic failure when yeah. they tried to erect this because there was massive turf yeah. wars between the CIA, the NSA, and the FBI. Um, and it may be
13: fair to say that the Bureau wasn't ready for it then. It is ready for it now. The work that Mo did and a lot of other people did has matured our approach to this entire, th- this entire donut hole and donut in a way that I think we're ready for that. And so I've asked Eric Velez-Villar to be the first of the modern era, uh, executive assistant director for intelligence. And I have told our workforce, there's another practical reason I want to uh, do that. I want to stare at Eric Velez-Villard every single morning at my table and say, how's it going? How's it going? What a dick. How is the transformation going? I think of sometimes the combination of the of operations and intelligence is a bit like an arranged marriage. Uh, In the FBI, I'm told that some arranged marriages result in crowds of grandchildren and lifelong love. This guy's a pervert. And others don't. And so I want to know, how's the marriage? How is it in Omaha? How is it in San Antonio?
4: They're going to have agents in every state. Every state. They're going to have offices of intelligence agencies. How is it in Miami? How are we driving to make it better? So now the FBI is going to be spying on every single thing you do. Not that they probably weren't already. uh uh All right, are you done with this guy or do you want to hear another
3: nah, one? I'm done with this guy. Oh, I got one last guy. All right, fair enough. No,
4: no, I mean, if you're done, I mean, if you're done we can. No, uh, if you're no, done. You're done. you're done? No, I'm no. You're, done. All right, okay, last one. I mean,
3: this guy's a dick.
4: He's i a dick. I'm, so, I'm sorry, I know. such a dick. And he's the guy running the FBI. He's the guy. And by the way, the media now calls him uh an intelligence official. An intelligence. Since when do we call FBI officers intelligence officials? Yeah. That's that's not new. I mean, I, that seems new. That's all right. Here's the last thing, Chase. Here's the last thing, and then we'll move on. I didn't even mean to go down this route. You got me off on. You got I know, me on this. I'm you sorry. started this, uh, and now yeah. I'm going to finish it. So, yeah, Chase, yeah. Chase. I don't know if you've heard, but uh, he's not happy about the encryption on the new phones. And well,
3: oh, I heard about this part. Well, it did and he brought up the kidnapper angle, right? I'll hear. I'll uh, play. You no, know, here's on. his little
4: rationale. And and by the way, if you're if you're if you're an unfiltered listener out there and, and you think you have the right to encrypt your phone and that it is ridiculous that the government should want back backdoor to that, uh, commie thinks you're an asshole. Or other places
13: when someone says, isn't it terrible the government wants to break encryption on the internet? No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not, Chase. With lawful authority, <laughs> overseen by the third branch of government, I need to be able to do that. If I show... Problem, you know, the rubber stamp court.
3: Right, Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
13: probable cause and go to a federal judge and get a warrant i will save children that way i will fight organized crime that way i will fight terrorism that way in a way that makes sense there you go it took me 60 seconds just to say that
3: all right so there you go all right chris so when is the nsa and the fbi going to merge and turn into ass the american surveillance (laughs) our only system our only hope is they just continue to fight each
4: other What's uh, what, what? What's wrong with uh, the American surveillance system? Ass. What about uh, institutionalized spying and surveillance, like ISIS? No, 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 no,
3: no I like ass better.
4: Hey, Chase. What do you I, always say I work on this for show? Ass. What do you always say?
3: I say, show me the money. <laughs>
4: so let's open up our ISIS segment by looking a little bit at the money we are currently spending on our efforts in uh, on on uh, fighting ISIS. You good with that? Little. We're probably not spending enough. No, probably not. No. Uh, now it's not. I'm going to tell you up front. Okay. Do you want to? Do you want to guess? How a much? day, well, and and it's well, not crazy. Well, a day. Are, yeah. And how much are we spending? Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's do this one more time. Do not have have to overdo to over- do it. it.
3: Do you have prices right? That's what you need. Oh, I've got this. Yes. Yes. yes! Okay, yes, yes.
4: All right, Chase. It's probably going to get us pulled off YouTube. <laughs> all right, Chase. All right, so all how all much right. do you guess? It's not a crazy number, but how much would you pay for daily bombings of ISIS
5: in Iraq and Syria?
3: Uh, Bob, I'd like to, uh, bid one, one no, dollar. One no, dollar, you no, bastard! No, no. <laughs> no, I say, I say ten million dollars a day. Shit, you just nailed it on the head. Well, the Pentagon
8: says its bombing campaign in Iraq is costing taxpayers up to ten million dollars a day. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah! But according to a leading Washington-based <laughs> think tank, the bill is even higher. I didn't see that, it by the way, I swear America's to God. has already cost between 780 and 930
0: million dollars. Igor Piskunov has the details.
6: This may not be pleasant news for American taxpayers, but the same cannot be said for the Pentagon's top four military contractors. In fact, stock prices for Lockheed Martin, Boeing, Raytheon, and General Dynamics went up by 19 percent compared to last year, which is pretty impressive stuff. If we compare it to the 2.2 percent growth of Standard and Poor's 500, the 500 largest companies listed on the New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ, for some war is a lucrative business. For instance, one Tomahawk missile costs around 1.5 million uh, U.S. dollars. And it's do you
4: think that was RT just really screwing up, no, or do you think they somebody, decided,
3: No, someone was sleeping in the director's chair.
4: I, but wouldn't they cut that out? Like let's play that again. For this, those, this of, is a
3: package, right?
4: Those of you on the audio, yeah, exactly. Yeah. those. Are, this is not. This is not a live feed. This was
3: a package. Yeah, they, but the, but the thing is, they probably maybe. They, I'm sure maybe they mixed they, it live. Well, maybe they were pressed for time. They couldn't get a cut.
4: It not is RT. Those of you that are li- watching the audio, uh, they accidentally like went to the yeah. wrong camera, which is just fun to just kind of yeah. point out, I suppose.
3: R- yeah, it,
6: that's all. <laughs> R- ready one, go one. The lucrative business. For instance. Uh-oh. One Tomahawk Uh-oh. missile Uh-oh. costs VLC. around 1.5 million U.S. dollars, and it's reported that U.S. forces can launch dozens of these
3: in a single attack.
4: Well, there you go. One Tomahawk missile, 1.5 million.
3: Uh, so, anyway. I knew it was 10 million bucks a day. I just yeah, had to nail I I mean, that.
4: How did you nail that so hard? What was that? How did you know?
3: Honestly, I, I— You
4: just had a sense for it, Chase?
3: Well, yeah. It's one of those things where just get— You know, once you get to be an old hog like you, Here's what you do. Uh, thanks for the Bill O'Reilly. Uh, <laughs> You've what- covered how many wars
4: with a pen, Chase? <laughs> with the, no, with, microphone. <laughs> with, with a, a microphone. With a microphone and
3: a keyboard. And I, kn- I know, like, if I, I, my first guy would be like, ah, about a million bucks. But then I'm like, no, this is government. Times 10.
4: Yeah. 10. Right. That's exactly <laughs> it. All right. We've got to keep moving because we've got so much to get into. Come uh, on. So the thing that one of the developments around the whole uh, bombing of ISIS has really been the internal politics now in the U.S. Now yeah. we're all taking a moment to reflect and blaming why we didn't know about ISIS. And uh, just like uh, taking a page from the Bush playbook, Obama goes to blame the intelligence agencies. So now we're going to take a little look at uh, how the that's played out. rise
6: of ISIS, also known as ISIL, was a surprise to U.S. intelligence. President Obama acknowledged that and another intelligence failure to Steve Croft in an interview for 60 Minutes. How did they end up where they are in control of so much territory? Was that a
0: complete surprise to you? Well, uh, I I think uh, our head of uh, the intelligence community, uh, Jim Clapper, has acknowledged that I think they underestimated uh, what had been taking place in Syria.
6: I mean, he, he didn't say that, just say that we underestimated ISIL. He said we overestimated the ability and the will Of our allies the Iraqi army
4: which is I mean not I mean that is the same line we heard for so long it is it is astonishing to me that they're actually just repeating the same stuff they used to say
6: underestimated ISIL he said we overestimated the ability and the will of our allies the Iraqi army to fight
0: that's true that's absolutely true and, I've, and, and these are the people that
6: yeah. we are now expecting
0: yeah. to carry on the fight. Well, here's what happened in Iraq. Um, Break it down. When we left, we had left them a democracy that was intact, a military that was well-equipped, and the ability then to chart their own course. And that opportunity was squandered over the course of five years or so uh, because uh, the prime minister, Maliki, Ouch. Uh, was... Much more interested in consolidating his Shia base, and very suspicious of the Sunnis and the Kurds who make up uh, the other two thirds of the country, what's the end game? Uh, I'm not going to speculate on failure at the moment. We're just getting started. Let's see how they do. I think that right now we've got a campaign plan.
3: Wait Wait. That... wait. He asked him what the end game is. There is no end game, right, but you, the first thing you, the, the president said was, I'm not going to... Uh,
4: speculate or whatever. Yeah. But, he said,
3: but he said negative. I'm not going to speculate negatively on here, that.
4: Here, I'll play it back. I'll play it back. Because, yeah, this is actually something I want to talk about on the show Yeah, right uh,
3: yeah.
0: Was much more interested in consolidating his Shia All right, I backed it up
4: a little bit too far, but here we go. And
0: very suspicious of the Sunnis and the Kurds who make up uh, the other two-thirds of the country. Okay, What's the end game?
3: Now this. Okay, so what's the end game? And this is
4: something I've been thinking about a lot today. Like when when Bush went into Iraq, retroactively, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, people look back and say, "God, it was so clear." We went in and we never had a clear exit strategy. Right. We never had a clear exit strategy. How many times did you hear somebody yep, say we that? We didn't have a way to. Didn't get- have a clear exit strategy.
3: No,
4: no. Guess what? We don't have right now.
3: A clear exit strategy. So guess
4: what he asks about, and guess what Obama says. I'm not thinking about. A clear exit strategy. This is, I, so let's hear let's hear okay. Mr. Obama, what is your exit strategy? Well oh, no, from, what
3: what well, yeah, what's the end
0: game? Uh, I'm not gonna speculate on failure at the moment. We're just getting Wait, started. I'm
3: not gonna speculate on failure. That's not what he asked. He asked what's I honestly think that's an edit. That's a terrible edit. Real bad edit. Because that does not ad- that not don't, only answers a question in the worst way, it sounds like Obama's just not answering I, the question.
4: Because, see, when they got this multi-cam shoot, it, <laughs> wait, I think, wait, it's, I think du- it's an edit.
3: God, but Let's try it. Let's that's a it.
4: terrible edit. Well, see, the, the issue is that Obama, here's why I suggest it, is All right. I sometimes edit Obama when I play his clips because he's such a slow talker. Yeah. So I don't know. Here we go. It's the
6: end game.
0: Uh, I'm not going to speculate on failure at the moment.
4: Did you hear the change in the audio? Yeah. Did you hear the change? Yeah, I did. So yeah. that's why I was thinking it might be an edit, but I don't but, know. But that
3: answer is awful. That's, to the question. That is beyond awful. It doesn't even apply.
4: I wonder if that will be replayed over and over again and come back to haunt him. Because what he's just saying right there is, I'm not even thinking about the end game. And unfortunately, the way they cut it is, it makes it sound like I'm not going to specu- speculate about the inevitable failure of the end game.
3: Yeah. Why? Why would he? Why would that be a negative answer? And why
4: is the mainstream media not? Why are they not harping on the administration about this? Why yeah. in the daily briefings with Josh Ernest are they not asking him every single day? Yeah. What is the current uh, exit strategy as it exists today? I, understanding that it is a, it is a fluid situation, yeah. you know, what is the long-term exit? Right now, what we're being told is just a long war. It's just a long war.
0: We're just getting started. Let's see how they do.
4: We're just getting started.
0: I think that right now we've got a campaign plan that has a strong chance for success in Iraq. Uh, I think Syria is a more challenging situation.
6: Today the White House said Mr. Obama has confidence in the intelligence community and director James Clapper.
4: So, the uh of course the wolves are out on this one big time. Like you already seen the chat room quote the Obama missed 67% of his daily briefings. Uh, uh Obama only uh, Obama only received 47% of his briefings yeah. orally. The remainder were i done via his iPad. Like all of these like stats are now being quoted to yeah. sort of uh, you know really kind of uh, kind of frame obama but the, i think the intelligence agency really 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 hates it when the presidents blame them and yeah. they're the perfect scapegoat because they can't really defend themselves because it's classified yep. and you can't fire the intelligence agency cuz you got to have spies yep. if you're going to be the united states of right. america yeah. so it's the perfect scapegoat cuz nobody's going to lose their job right. and intelligence is a hard gig yep. however let's watch this next clip Okay. And this is just we're not frying any bacon, this is just like a fun mental exercise we're gonna do together. Let's watch this clip and and pretend like the CIA operates the CBS Morning News. This no, I'm just <laughs> okay. just a mental exercise. All right, all we're right. not saying that's the yeah, case. No, fair enough. But let's just watch that with with this clip in mind and let 's keep let's let 's assume that now i 'm going to guess it 's not scripted, but let 's assume that these are professionals and they have key talking points and and specific questions to ask in fact, if you watch Charlie Rose, he will look down specifically at his notes when he goes to ask Mike Morella a question and Chase, your buddy, you might My recall, good friend, your good friend, Mike Morrell, yeah. uh, was the interim director at the CIA. He worked at the CIA for like twenty five years or forty so yeah. long, long ass time. Like I think it was twenty five career, guy. Yeah. career CIA guy, been through a lot of presidencies. Now works for CBS News. Of course, uh, you know the old joke: you never quit the CIA. Uh, so it, let's just for just for shits, let's watch this and assume that all of the questions are prescripted because this is national broadcast television, right. yeah. let's assume that the media is, an, is a mouthpiece for the CIA and that the CIA is now pissed that they've just been put through the shitter over an intelligence failure, and they want to lash out, but they can't do it officially, so they'd have to work through their mouthpiece. Now, let's just watch this clip maybe with those assumptions in place just just to have fun.
9: President Obama discussed strategy against ISIS with his top national security officials Tuesday, and that team includes Director of National Intelligence James Clapper. Remember that on 60 Minutes Sunday, the president said Clapper admitted that the intelligence community underestimated ISIS— well, critics now accuse the president of dodging responsibility. CBS
4: News... Look at that mess behind the camera. Isn't that fun to see that? Do you see that mess there?
3: Look wow. at that. Doesn't that make you feel good about our setup right now? <laughs> Look at that. And, and you know the worst thing about that is? That's, Look at, a, that's a temporary setup, too. Yeah, yeah. That's just like, get it out
4: there! Get yeah. it up Yeah. That's fun to see that. All right, anyway. That
3: Linux Fest was cleaner than that.
4: Yeah, it totally was. And so now they're going to get into uh, responding to, uh, you know, blaming of the intelligence agency. And remember, keep our mental exercise Totes. cap on.
3: Yeah.
9: President of Dodging Responsibility. CBS News senior security contributor Michael Morrell was part of that community. He served as CIA deputy director until retiring last year. Michael, good morning. Good morning, R. Let's get specific. <laughs> Did the intelligence community underestimate the threat of ISIS?
8: So there is um, what we call strategic warning um, and what we call tactical warning. Um, Nora, strategic warning is it is going to be a really bad winter. Uh, Tactical warning is it is going to snow two feet next week. Um, And what happened in this case is that there was strategic warning. The intelligence community said ISIS is getting stronger uh, for a variety of reasons. And the intelligence community said the Iraqi military... Um, is, is getting weaker. And let's be clear that, that, do, warning, that warning
9: has been going on for more than a year, right?
8: Cor- correct. But what the intelligence community didn't do, Nora, was say next week or the week after next, ISIL is going to make a major move in Iraq. And what we didn't do is say that in response to that... the Notice ir- he's still using we. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, several uh, times. Yeah, oh, yeah. Iraqi military was going to fall apart. Michael, the strategic warning is something...
9: Yeah, Michael, did the intelligence community need to to do that? Because in February, I mean, excuse me, in January, Fallujah fell.
4: Now, uh, all respect to Nora. I have watched a lot of CBS news. I do not believe that was a genuine question on her own. Uh, Oh,
3: you think it was?
4: Obviously placed. And if you look in front of them, and you can see Charlie's reading his notes, too. Let's just watch that back. That's. If this is what I think it is, is Nora is being Nora has to touch on a couple of key points that need to be refuted to put the narrative out there. Right. And so that now she's sort of correcting the direction of where this is going by bringing this up. He'll bring he'll he'll then play off of that.
9: Yeah. Michael, did the intelligence community need, say- to need to do that? Because in February, I mean, excuse me, in January Fallujah fell.
4: So that was the evidence right there. That's all they needed, right, Michael? Fallujah fell. Shouldn't that have been the warning sign for the Obama administration? That's all you need. So
8: strategic warning is something that we are very, very good at. Tactical warning is very difficult because it involves getting inside of the mind and the decision-making process of the adversary. And that is very, very tough.
12: Michael, there are two things here. Number one, there's a report yesterday in the New York Times saying that the White House was just so busy at the time it did not appreciate the warning it was getting.
8: So that doesn't make a lot of Did sense. Did you hear to me, that? Charlie. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That might have
4: been just one of those co-hosts, just a, you know, agreeing. But yeah, I thought that was interesting but too.
3: I thought there's only. Uh, well, I think there's m- the female co-host. Where's the other dude? I don't no, see No, the no other It's people. Charlie.
4: It's Nora. And it's uh, it's um, Oprah's friend. I uh, 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 get. But
12: that does, that
3: sound like a male voice. Getting. So oh, that doesn't make a lot maybe. of sense to
8: me, Charlie. Um, there are a lot of individuals across the national security community who see the intelligence. Um, it's not the president's responsibility to react to the intelligence he's seeing. It's the responsibility of senior officials across the national security community. They should have reacted, I think, and they should have got together and say, OK, what do we do about this
12: strategic warning? OK, the other thing is that the intelligence community, it is said, is upset about this, what the president said on 60 Minutes, and is pushing back.
8: So
4: I think two things. One is... Now, this I thought was a good, like, non-answer answer. He essentially starts to refute what Charlie just said, but then essentially confirms it in a way. Like, it, it's kind of odd. It's, he, it's,
8: it's both an answer and not an answer. I think at lower levels of the intelligence community, people that haven't experienced this before are probably um, feeling this for the first time and reacting a little bit. But I think at senior levels, people are not upset you know, there is a saying, Charlie, in the intelligence community that there are no such things as policy failures, only intelligence failures. Every president that I served with did this, and I think every future president is going to do this. So I don't think at senior levels people in the intelligence community are upset.
12: Mike, thank you so much.
4: So that to me kind of felt pre-set up, a little like let's just get the, the, the intelligence agency side of the story out there. Right. Uh, all right. So uh, any thoughts on that before we – no, no. Moving on with our ISIS coverage thing, because I want to get to the next stuff. Yeah. Uh, again, we're being told that the moderate forces will be a key to making all of this work. The moderate forces in Syria, the moderate forces that we expect to now fight ISIS and the Assad regime. These are the that key. That
6: withdrawal in 2011 left Iraq's army to weaken and finally collapse this summer when ISIS extremists attacked The U.S. launched more airstrikes today against 11 ISIS targets in Iraq and 11 more in Syria. The idea is to support moderate local forces like the fighters Clarissa Ward met today.
2: These are the men the U.S. is counting on to fight ISIS. (laughs) Members of the Hazm Brigade, a moderate rebel force of roughly 4,000 fighters.
4: So what are they shooting at right now?
3: Is this just B roll?
4: Yeah, but it's supposed to be them. This is supposed to
3: be the moderate fighters. But they're maybe they're. This is really old B roll.
4: Just shooting off into the distance, or
3: or they're fighting somebody, but it's old and we don't know. Whoa! They have received
2: sophisticated anti tank missiles from the U (laughs) S. and will head to Saudi Arabia soon for training. (laughs) But despite their partnership, the group's leader Hamza Al Shamali told us he had no warning of last week's airstrikes. We saw it on TV, he told us, like everybody else. So what was your reaction? We were shocked. We're supposed to be allies, he said. We should have been informed before the event. (laughs) Critics of groups like Hazem complain that they are disorganized and question their ability to fight both ISIS and the Assad regime, despite U.S. support.
4: Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Uh, it seems like an impossible task. Uh, and so, as we start to fight ISIS, ISIL, throughout the area. I missed that, sorry. There, yeah. There I, I, is why,
3: a, the reason why is uh, I saw a title with my name on it uh, in the chat. Chase's big weapon? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to also Distracted. talk. Distracted.
4: This coalition that uh, you've been a real big fan of since the beginning is uh, <laughs> building support uh, with your buddies from across the pond. Good The administration
14: friends. says the world is united against ISIS after a critical week rallying the international community at the United Nations and launching the expanded air campaign in Iraq and Syria. But the Pentagon is warning that even with new commitments from important allies, we're just at the beginning, not the end of this fight.
4: Oh, man, how many times have I heard that this week? Uh-huh. They are setting this up for a long one, Chase.
10: The hallmarks of this campaign will be patience and persistence, not shock and awe.
14: After pleas from Prime Minister David Cameron and six hours of debate, Britain's lawmakers voted overwhelmingly to take part in the U.S.-led coalition against ISIS.
10: The ayes to the right, 524. The noes to the left, 43.
14: With the commitments growing, America's closest European ally is joining France and the Netherlands, as well as Denmark and Belgium, two countries who also said Friday they would provide their military resources. The European support does not extend to Syria, but the White House says it's important progress.
1: There is a broad uh, effort underway uh, to build this international coalition, Uh uh, and we are pleased with the pace of this coalition's growth, and we're pleased Uh, with the strong ties between uh, the United States or among the United States and countries around the world.
14: Five Arab nations have partnered with the U.S. to destroy ISIS in Syria. They are Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Jordan, Bahrain, and Qatar. And with tens of thousands of refugees fleeing across the Turkish border from Syria, Turkey's president said Friday that his country is considering lending its support to the coalition possibly militarily. In Washington, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Martin Dempsey told reporters that this week's strikes disrupted the militant group's command and control operations in Syria. And he's sticking to his statement from earlier this month that he may eventually recommend the president send ground troops to defeat ISIS, also known as ISIL. But that force wouldn't have to be Americans.
8: The president gave me a mission,
6: uh, destroy ISIL. And I will recommend to him what it takes to destroy ISIL.
4: So, Chase, your Red Book prediction: uh, Will there be U.S. boots on the ground in Iraq again, fighting ISIL? Ugh. Yes. Oh man.
3: Unfortunately.
4: What about in Syria? Do you think we'll have boots on the ground in Syria? I'm, I'm less. I'm thinking less on so there.
3: I'm less on Syria. Yeah. But on Iraq, yeah. Yeah, I'm putting. Unfortunately,
4: I'm putting this bolt down
3: in the Red Book. It's it's going. It's going to start small. And All right, now do you
4: have a time frame? What do you think? What would
3: early twenty fifteen?
4: Ah, after after, after the election, after the
3: elections, after the holidays. Yeah, uh, you know they they don't want... because well. So so this is a little I, I don't know conspiracy ish, but. They don't want to mess up the holiday recovery and financials and all that stuff, so mm. you do it afterwards so maybe. people don't be afraid of maybe. You know, spending money.
4: Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I want to play uh, I want to play a little bit more about this uh, anti-ISIS coalition. Let's jump into this uh, just a little bit.
15: All right. The British prime minister was blunt, warning Parliament the threat by ISIS was, quote, no fantasy, and there was no walk-on-by alternative to joining the U.S.-led military campaign.
10: This is not a threat on the far side of the world. Left unchecked, we will face a terrorist caliphate on the shores of the Mediterranean and bordering a NATO member with a declared and proven determination to attack our country and our people.
15: For seven hours, David Cameron fielded tough questions on the goals of airstrikes in Iraq. It's a civil war,
10: a quagmire into which Britain should tread a dire peril.
15: Can you assure us that
16: all the the parties within Iraq also support this intervention, in particular the Kurdish political leadership.
10: What I can be clear about is having spoken to um, the Kurdish leaders in Iraq and having spoken to the Iraqi prime minister, they've both been frank that they want our help.
15: In the end, lawmakers approved a limited deployment, but only in Iraq. Syria, it turns out, wasn't even on the table, designed to prevent the same embarrassing defeat the British Prime Minister suffered last year when Parliament rejected his call to join U.S. airstrikes against Syria, which casts doubt on Britain's reputation as America's closest ally during times of crisis. And other European nations are joining Arab states in the global coalition. So I'll stop it
4: there. Uh, now, there's some speculation of the ha- how committed... Uh, they really are to this. In fact, some are speculating that while there's going to be uh, some support, in fact, there already has been several strikes, I have more information in the show notes, yeah. overall, it might be really, truly more about just sort of a show of good faith to the U.S. public.
0: So, uh, linking up with the U.K. military uh, has a bigger impact than it does with another military, for example, because simply because they work so closely together and it'll be a more effective, more cohesive team. It's really, though, John... As you say, it's about showing a united front against a, a common threat. Uh, it's very important for the U.S. to have countries like the U.K. on board to really sell this case to uh, the
3: U.S. people as much as anything else. So
4: there you go. Uh, and that was just a little clip I picked, uh, picked up there.
3: You ever watch Parliament, by the way?
4: Yeah, it's great.
3: I love British Parliament. It's
4: so much better than ours. So much better.
3: Well, the one thing is uh, that that particular segment that you saw, that's the prime minister's questions. That's when members of parliament can just straight up ask questions. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see that here. (laughs) God, I would love to see that here. Yeah, well, it would never happen.
4: Uh, It would never happen.
3: Because, you know, we had to free ourselves from that tyranny.
4: Uh, okay, I want to uh, shift gears into uh, the topic that I've been looking forward to talking about the most today. There's a lot more ISIS stuff in the overtime folder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the you supporters out there can go grab the BitTorrent sync key and get that. I feel and a jump Chris in.
3: rant coming
4: on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a topic we got to get into. But uh, first, I want to stop and thank our patrons. We just yeah. hit 333.
3: Wait, that... Wait three th- Really? Wait a minute. Wait a minute.
4: Wait a Shut minute. Up. Wait a minute. Shut up. That's pretty crazy. No, it's right there, look.
3: I'm suspicious. Yeah,
4: me too, me too. So what is, maybe you're new to the Unfilter show, maybe you don't know what Mm. is this, what are we doing here? This is how Chris and Chase support the show. That's right. And so uh, we do need your support, and we have some big things planned, including uh, some improvements to the show down the road. We're kind of in a transition phase right now. But by going over to patreon.com unfilter and pledging support for this show, this show, out of all of the shows, really takes an incredible amount of work research, and just storage and time to go through all of the clips, analyze the best stuff, and bring it to you guys. Yeah. And as as part of being uh, an Unfiltered uh, Patreon, you get access to the Supporter Show, but you also get access to the BitTorrent Sync, the, oh yeah, buddy, oh yeah, buddy. I was the, giving you a ding the for the that. Behind the behind-the-scenes information, the show notes, all of the stuff, really the source code that puts this show together. Yeah. And uh, if nothing else, having having... Having every couple of episodes, you know, that number tick up a bit shows us that there's still a continued interest in what we're doing. Right. That is really, truly important just because of and, the amount of work the show takes.
3: And, and it's, not, it's not just that. It, it's the power of, of, of crowdsourcing, which is, re, which is really cool because when you, all it takes is just a handful of people uh, to just contribute to something major. I mean you look at the guy, for example. Here's the thing. Look at the guy in Kickstarter that made $55,000 on the potato salad. On potato salad. Jeez. Okay? I like potato salad. Sure, Chase. Like anybody else. Who doesn't like a little potato salad? But I'd rather put my money towards something and towards guys, and I know I'm trying to speak in the third person here, that are trying to make a difference. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're just trying to throw information out there, and that's why we go from all these different sources, CBS, RT, CNN, Fox News, local news. Boom, You boom, name boom. it, we go everywhere.
4: Put it all together. And if we get something wrong, we'll adjust. We don't yeah. have an ad- – that's the other thing is it's sort of your insurance policy for the show. You know that that's where our loyalty lies unquestionably, unequivocally, financially. To you. To our community. To you. All – I mean, we make the show for you. You financially support us. You know exactly – where we lie, and I think that gives you a certain amount of trust because you know, even if we got something wrong, you know, there's not a weird reason behind it. Patreon.com/slash filter
3: chat room's been on me today, man. They're, They're fired so up, dude.
4: I don't know what it is. Oh, god. <laughs> all right, uh, I, I got we got to get into my favorite topic of the night because, okay. uh, first of all, it validates a deep-down skepticism I had all episode that I didn't verbalize, mm. and I regret I was kicking myself for not saying okay. it, and now this proves that I should have. So, I'm okay. gonna from now on, I will. And second of all, it beautifully demonstrates how the media works in hand with the government to scare the public and sell us on a new war. Okay. So, Chase, last yes, week, do you remember when we talked about the Khorasan group, the Khorasan group that we yeah. bombed? Oh, Khorasan,
3: yes. Yeah.
4: This was, for those of you that don't remember, this when we launched our first airstrikes into Syria and Iraq to get ISIL and ISIS- the first group we struck wasn't ISIS, but the Horasan Group. Those of you who didn't watch last week's episode, this clip will remind you of the threat that the Horasan Group
8: presented. This is
16: a group of, of uh, al-Qaeda veterans that come from, some of them from Pakistan, some of them from, from Yemen. Uh, the al-Qaeda affiliate in Yemen, which is obviously uh, uh, attempted attacks against U.S. airlines.
4: All right, here's the bullet points. An, an al-Qaeda affiliated group, number one on the list, an al-Qaeda affiliated group, number Got two it. on the list. Pub- plotted attacks against Western Airlines. Number three, trained in camps for Syria. And number four, members of Pakistan, Yemen, and Afghanistan. Boom, boom, boom. This is the Holosan group, Chase, okay? And
16: what they're focused on is external threats, external don't, attacks. Don't lose it in the cherry. you uh, got to hear Al- that. Al-Qaeda
4: yeah. a- a-
16: affiliate there in Syria that is focused on the Assad regime, these guys are trying to attack the U.S. and Western allies. And how they're doing that is trying to perfect... Uh, undetectable or hard to
4: detect bomb. Remember this, the undetectable bomb. Yeah, remember these yeah, guys; yeah, they're going to yeah, come yeah. over here yep. with I these are things that.
16: that could be hidden in your cell phone, on your or in your laptop, or in toiletries, and and
4: even in. Remember how the TSA stepped up their yeah, their yeah. warnings, and it, then it was revealed it was because of the Horison group right, and these yeah. undetectable bombs and laptops, and it was yeah. like, oh, that's why we had the security up. Remember, yes, oh, clothing, I remember,
16: uh, like we yeah. saw with the underwear bomb. So they basically have been working on these new bomb designs, and the U.S. believes that they were very close to uh, to to Per- what's that, uh, what's that uh, lower
3: third say right there? Uh, officials, a terror group seeks repeat of 9 11. Okay. I need to dig produce- myself on that.
16: Yep. Producing something that they, could, uh, that they could launch an attack against us.
9: And I, I mentioned this really early on in the program, but it appears that their leader. Was really closely tied with Bin Laden's deputies prior to 9/11. Might have even have known about 9/11 before anyone else did, other than the top echelon. But he's about what, 30 or so years old now. He was 19 back years then. Old.
16: Right, exactly. And, you know, this is this guy's been on the on the, on the the radar for the U.S. officials. for So the
4: guy that was the leader of the Horasan group, he was 19. He knew about 9-11 at the time when he was 19 years old. Yeah. And remember, we were like, man, where did the Horasan group come from? Uh, let's play this clip. It is
8: just a global alert. Okay, Brian, thanks very much.
12: Let's global alert. This is White House
4: correspondent John Carlin. John,
16: you know, the president two weeks ago announced these airstrikes against Iraq and Syria. But at the time, these strikes against this group, Horasan, weren't even planned.
8: Yeah. Remember, we played this? Right. We're like, yeah, yeah, I remember of yeah. this, guys. This is fascinating. It was September 10th, primetime address to the nation. The president made it clear that he had made a decision to expand airstrikes into Syria. Khorasan was not part of the battle plan, was not on the list. The reason why they decided to add them is because there had been reporting about this group and about how U.S. Okay, listen to
4: what this man just all said. Right. Okay. The reason why they decided to bomb them is because their all son a had been reporting about
8: the Khorasan group. So since there was reporting about the Khorasan group, they had to bomb them. Add them is because there had been reporting about this group and about how U.S. officials were concerned about it. They were concerned that reporting was going to drive the group underground. Uh-huh. They would miss their uh-huh. opportunity to hit them. They were also concerned that once those uh, bombs started dropping on ISIS, that they would also run to ground so and they they miss the opportunity. Chair.
4: Okay, all right. All, right. all right. So that's why we had to strike the Horuson group. Okay, okay, Chase. All right. Turns out all right, there is no such thing at all, no such thing as the Coruscant group.
17: Hello, everyone. I'm Abby Martin, and this is Breaking the Set. Hello. Remember last year when Obama tried to bomb Syria without Congressional or UN approval but was stonewalled by enormous public pressure? Well, the empire never lets a little thing like public opinion get in its way, which is why it turned to another tactic to get people on board with yet another illegal war. Scare the hell out of everyone. See for weeks the corporate media was fear-mongering us about the threat of ISIS to establish a global Islamic caliphate. But once intelligence officials and even Obama himself admitted that this extremist group actually posed no imminent threat to the U.S., they had to think of something else. Enter the Khorasan Group, an organization comprised of veteran al-Qaeda fighters and jihadis from Afghanistan, Pakistan, and Europe that allegedly traveled to Syria to link up with al-Nusra. According to an AP report on September 13th, The group, quote, poses a more direct and imminent threat to the U.S., working with Yemeni bomb makers to target aviation. American officials say.
4: So American officials say this is the reporting that that ABC reporter was saying started to dry, the, the This was the reporting that they used to justify the bombings when the reporting was originated by leaks from officials. So officials leak a story. And then because that story picks up in the press, they now have to go bomb the guys because there's being stories written about it when they're the ones that, that source the stories in the first place. So follow this thread here.
17: According to classified U.S. intelligence assessments, the course on militants have been working with bomb makers. From Al Qaeda's Yemen affiliate to test new ways to slip explosives past airport security.
4: And see, in in last week's show, when that part came up, I said that sounds like so much bullshit. Why do they always go to this Yemenese bomb maker? It's it's always Diane Feinstein. She's always talking about bombs and underpants. It is bullshit, and it's like it's like their go-to. And I was like, this doesn't smell right.
17: Oh my God, a new terrorist group that actually does pose a threat to the U.S. and could be boarding airliners with toothpaste explosives at any minute. Yes, that narrative was picked up by almost every establishment journo across the corporate media who seemed giddy to have gotten such a scoop from anonymous government officials. One small problem, though, the group was entirely concocted by the government. <laughs> According to Glenn Greenwald and Murtasa Hussein of The Intercept, the course on group doesn't really exist. In fact, a nexus search shows almost no mention of the name before that AP report, former terrorism Federal Prosecutor Andrew McCarthy is also calling out the scam, writing, You haven't heard of the Coruscant Group because there isn't one. It's a name the administration came up with, calculating that Coruscant had sufficient connection to jihadist lore that no one would call the president on. He's right. No one did. Instead, D.C. journals were eager to become pawns to regurgitate the carefully crafted propaganda. And here we are, our Nobel Peace Prize winning president now embroiled in his seventh war against a Muslim country. New York Times journalist James Risen said it best when he tweeted, the Coruscant group is kind of like the Kardashian group. They became famous even though they've never really done anything. <laughs> Apparently that's what the war on terror has become. Life imitating reality television. Now let's break this up.
4: So yeah, uh yeah. They didn't exist. The the Coruscant group the Coruscant was a was was a name that had enough lore that they figured they could get away with it. Uh it's kind of astonishing. It's it's sort of unbelievable and it's Chris.
3: Yeah Chris. Yeah. Be careful you're not falling into another trap here. What's that? That they're trying to distract you with showing you that yes, maybe this group is fake and yes, maybe this group is made up to deflect the possible thoughts and feelings. That ISIS or ISIL ISIL. uh, was created perhaps through our indirect weapons and information. Right, right. So be careful. Okay. Be careful. Okay. Because they may be trying to go, look over here! Chase.
2: Look over here!
4: You better stop because uh, you're starting to sound like the Iranian president at the UN who said that— ISIS was the creation of the West. As the
2: United (laughs) Nations General Assembly meeting is underway in New York City, one particular meeting that may be a sign of improving relations is that between British Prime Minister Dave Cameron and Iranian President Hassan Rouhani. It's the first meeting between the leaders of those two nations since 1979. Now, Rouhani addressed the General Assembly today. RT's Marina Portnaya is in New York with more
17: Iranian President Hassan Rouhani delivered his second address to the world body this morning. And like so many other world leaders, the focus of his speech centered around the rise in terrorism. President Rouhani blamed... The growing epidemic of extremism on certain states and accused certain intelligence agencies of putting blades in the hands of madmen who are now sparing no one. The Iranian leader said that the fight against extremism must be entrusted and led by regional powers, not outside foreign forces. Without specifically calling out Western countries by name, President Rouhani said that all those who have played a role in creating and supporting the terrorist groups should acknowledge their responsibility.
2: The strategic blunders of the West in the Middle East, Central Asia and the Caucasus
12: have turned these parts of the world into a haven for terrorists and extremists.
4: Uh, you can watch the rest of the clip and the supporters sing. Huh. So uh, let's pause here for a second. All what, right. The, whole, the Coruscant Group yes. is completely manufactured. Yes. Every single mainstream channel and news outlet, every radio station, every local TV Snatched group up. went with it. Yep. And it was total crap. And yep. it shows you how they go get their sources from, you know, you got Barbara Starr in the Pentagon. Yep. She gets it spoon-fed to her, yep. and they just don't question it at from all. From her set
3: in the Pentagon. They right?
4: don't question yep. it. They just run with it. And they generate all this fear. They, they, they manufacture all this crap.
3: Well, to be fair to the mainstream media in this a little bit, I mean, you got to realize, you know, their definition of checking sources would probably be our uh, Pentagon. Uh, then we'll go maybe to CIA. We'll go to a. Right, certain... right, right, right. So, so what they consider, quote unquote, official sources, and I th- think all journalists are supposed to at least fact check to two viable sources before they would go with a story. Um, so they checked
4: the, with the Pentagon and the White House. And, and they then say... they're
3: like, well, this is legit. And I know. I so, think that is it. Yeah. So, to be fair, yeah, they might be being spoon fed with it, but you're also assuming that they have a brain, and, yeah. and maybe they don't have a brain. They're maybe. not thinking about that. Maybe, and that's what's going on. I
4: think. Uh, I think what what is just uh, it's fascinating to watch uh, how the media works as we build up. Yeah. And I I also have a theory why we manufactured the Horusong Group
3: mm-hmm.
4: because we obviously thought ISIS was a big enough threat. True, but I'm there was ISIL. Okay. There was a couple of flaws. Number one, they eventually had to admit that there was really no practical way that ISIS posed an imminent threat to the quote-unquote homeland. Right. So that makes it hard to justify war.
3: So they had to bring up a group that
4: did? So the Coruscant group was connected. Remember, the number one bullet point on that CNN story was Al-Qaeda linked. Right. Well, there is, because of the war on terror— Special privileges granted to the presidency if it is war to, uh, against Al Qaeda or an Al Qaeda-related affiliate. It's 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 like it's part of our state of emergency that we're, we've been renewing since nine eleven. Part of that is the authorization to go after anything Al Qaeda or Al Qaeda-related. So if you say the Khorasan group is related to Al Qaeda, then Obama has all of the legal justification he needs uh, to launch the strikes in Syria.
3: Very nice, yeah. Never thought of it like that. So I, yeah. I,
4: nobody's bringing that up, but that's got to be what it is.
3: That makes perfect and sense. And that's
4: why they all led with because al-Qaeda he, links. Yeah,
3: because the authorization already exists. It's right. already there. So he doesn't need Congress, and he no. knows he's not
4: going to get Congress because no. of the, uh, vo- uh, because of the election season.
3: And so he can link it up with this, and then boom.
4: But the thing is, his hands are going to be kind of tied in Syria until after the elections when Congress gets together and they authorize a full go to war in Syria. Right, and boots on the
3: ground in 2015.
4: That's when it all comes up. That's when it all breaks loose. So this song group thing was last minute thrown together the night of the attack, using a term that came from the Obama administration directly, pushed out to all of their media contacts, and then when the American woke up. After we'd launched missiles over the night, we were introduced to the Coruscant Group. And we sat here on this show, and I was extremely skeptical of it, but I just didn't want to fry too much bacon, so I didn't call it out. Now, here we are one week later... And it,
3: now that right it's there. been developed, and you know you yep, can go, yep. you can
4: find quotes where they where they've gone now, and people have asked the Obama administration officials about this, and they're starting to shift their story. But but no correction from the mainstream media. In fact, yep. CBS just ran a report yesterday, still quoting the threat of the Coruscant Group. Right. No correction, even though. And and the and by the way, that Intercept article is linked in the show notes. We also have several other articles about this linked in the show notes. But the Intercept article does a brilliant job of breaking all this down. They've got a timeline of it all. It's gorgeous so go check it out it is a beautiful piece of propaganda that ladies and gentlemen not only did we just watch unfold (laughs) but we caught it we caught it before it was too late and we just unraveled it right here on the unfilter show i think i it's astonishing to see the media just work hand in hand with these sons of bitches to go kill more people and sell more guns
3: well but i sometimes i don't think it's a hand in hand thing it's a laziness thing i i think you know they they some, sometimes I think it depends I, on the outlet. You know, really fool me once, yeah, maybe nah, that's true,
4: right? But this yeah, is this happens you, all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, and you you're remember right. last week uh, before we end on the high note, we were this is this is what's going to get us pulled off of YouTube this week. <laughs> uh, remember that remember that clip we played just to show. See, we got a little crap for it, but I wanna we we played that uh, latte salute and how uh, Hannity was just
3: oh yeah yeah oh, all
4: over himself about it yeah yeah. Uh, I, I, to me, I like, I like to harp on this a little bit because it shows how the media distracts you with things like Ebola and and the latte salute instead of like analyzing the fact that our administration just lied to us and made up an, a terrorist group and 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 they're just leaving that story on the floor. Daily Show at least takes a little bit, takes them to task a little bit. I wanted to play this clip from the Daily Show because I thought it was great.
18: Cool. Now to be fair, latte gate wasn't all the news talked about yesterday, but where I might have given the president salutes with coffee cup story an espresso sized shot of attention, the news channels went for the full double venti coverage, with one network going especially deep.
12: Learn the
14: proper respect
12: right. of the So Insensitive. What's the meaning of it? That's it. It looks terrible. It's outlandish, and it's disappointing. Put your coffee in the other hand. Our commander-in-chief displayed his complete disrespect for the men and women in uniform. Shut up. <laughs> you don't really
18: care. You don't really care about this. You, there,
4: you have no principle about this. You're just trying to score points. This is why it bugs me. This is why it bugs me, because they. I know inside, I know that as a person, he doesn't give a crap. I know he doesn't care, but yet, like John Stewart says so, so simply, he just tosses it away. But it's, it's truly what bothers all of us. It's like Hannity is playing some game, and no one else has the scorecard. You
18: don't really care. You don't really care about this. You, there, you have no principle about this. You're just trying to score points in a game that no one else is playing. Here's how we know. It's an arrogance that he portrays. These people are uh, put their lives on the line for us. You're right. Show the respect. Salute these, these guys. So the principle here is show respect for the people who are putting their lives on the line for this fight. Here's Eric Bowling on that very same episode.
9: The first female pilot piloting for the UAE, dropped the bombs on ISIS on Monday
18: night. Would that be considered boobs on the ground or no? (laughs) First of all, forget the rampant sexism in that statement. Second of all, she's a pilot, so whatever gender-specific equipment she might be carrying is in the (laughs) air. And thirdly, (laughs) what was the quote that someone said earlier in your program? These people are putting their lives on the line for us. Show respect, so you and all your false patriotism when bush took us to war any criticism was shouted down as treasonous when bush took us to war any criticism was shouted down as treasonous but a president you don't like has the country poised on the same precipice no transgression no matter how immaterial and ridiculous is too small to cite as evidence that this president isn't as american as you are you
1: want a hot cup of cognitive dissonance watch this would president bush ever do that yeah, are we are we surprised? For, I mean, after all, we got a chai swilling, golf playing, basketball trash talking, uh, leading from behind. I got no strategy. Uh, Osama bin Laden is dead. GM is alive. A community organizing commander in chief. How disrespectful was that?
18: Yeah, yeah. Now, while Palin in a
1: bald cap was feeding us a steaming bowl of liberal epithets,
18: <laughs> he drinks chai. So that means when he sucks. D- in the back of a volvo it has that cardamom zing but in their haste they forgot wow
4: oh to the there question
18: would president bush ever salute the troops with a cup of coffee in his hand and the answer is no because his hands were too filled with dog a scotty out of respect so here we've got two presidents both sending the united states to war citing the same legal authorities both without any seeming exit strategy and both holding in their hands while saluting our troops, <laughs> but in their diseased minds, only one did that because he loved America. The other did it because he hated it. We'll be right back.
4: It shows you how they distract people and get everybody fighting. Yep. Get everybody's tribes. Get everybody's tribes upset. That way, everybody goes to battle with each other and bickers over all this stupid shit.
3: Remember, uh, Chris, what do I always say on this show?
4: You always often say. Show
5: me the money.
3: Fox News like every other news outlet is involved in the television ratings uh, and yeah, keeping people I watching.
4: I know, I know.
3: I know. I and same thing with John Stewart <sighs> to be equal and fair. I mean, it's um you know, it's it's one of those it's one of those things where it's just like I know. Fox News, I mean, and CNN's guilty. Fox News is guilty. Well, RT is guilty. And really, everybody's guilty. I would like to see
4: John Stewart tear the media apart about the way they just lapdogged this chorus on Group Yeah, thing. I would love to see him go after that. Granted, because,
3: he only gets thirty minutes, right? So
4: well, maybe John Oliver could do
3: it. Then you know he should. He
4: should. I mean, really. he gets
3: like the long segment to talk about what right. everyone's and, doing.
4: And they really have the resources to really blow that thing out and show you all of the fear-pumping that they really pushed.
3: And at least HBO's giving it away. Like oh, if you want to get that.
4: a sample of that, go look at last week's overtime folder and it was just fear, fear, yeah. it's fear porn, like massive fear porn. Yeah. All right, well we got a couple of high note things to yeah. uh, finish up on. We have a we, let's start with the national one and then we'll go to the local one, okay? okay? So Congressman John Fleming was at a big speech he gave about a uh, I'm trying to remember, I think it was about an hour speech about how bad cannabis is and how addicting it is and, and all of this stuff. Uh, but all of it was pretty mundane and boring and stuff we've refuted in the past. Mm-hmm. However, he ended it with a new twist that I really enjoyed. He argues that the war if we, if we end the war on drugs, it will lead to bigger government, and if we keep the war on drugs, it will lead to smaller government. So, uh, this clip, my brain will, hurts. Yeah, this clip will uh, explain, it'll, it'll explain the uh, logic for
8: you, Chase.
6: Now, right. my libertarian friends argue that taxpayers and society in general should not make or enforce laws that dictate to them how they should behave or what they should do with their lives when, when it comes to drugs. My answer is it is the same taxpayers who will be required to take care of you and your family once drugs have led to your broken families broken lives, and broken bodies. If you truly want a smaller government, then you will oppose the legalization of marijuana.
3: Yeah! Are you getting it?
4: Uh-huh. So, uh, so here is the here's the circular logic that they get into. Okay, uh, marijuana and cannabis, whatever you want to call it, are extremely addictive. Why are they extremely addictive? Because we have so many kids in treatment centers, or so many adults, whatever whatever crowd they're playing to. Because we have so many people in treatment centers getting treatment for and marijuana a, addiction. And of
3: course, he quoted these sources, right? I mean, well, it is true that is yeah. it is
4: there's there, and I'll tell you why. There's okay. a huge number in in rehab centers, people quote-unquote recovering from cannabis addiction. And here's why. When you get busted with cannabis, Uh, you have two options. You go to jail or you go to rehab. You go to treatment. So even if you've just smoked a joint and you get caught, Uh. everybody picks treatment. So it artificially, by a huge amount, inflates the addiction numbers in treatment centers. So then guys, like Congressman John Fleming, go out there and quote the high addiction rates and then say, well look, look at how crazy it would be if we legalized everywhere, because then imagine how explosive addiction yeah, would be, right. and it would be a massive taxing, when really, we spend billions and billions, maybe trillions, if you, if you include all the money we spend on jails to house everybody that is a victim of the war on drugs, there is, there is no possible way, if you actually think about it, to say that keeping the war on drugs keeps government small. It is so <laughs> opposite of the reality. No, it's so and it, not. And it's, it's based on yeah. re-spinning of these numbers, these little facts.
3: Yeah, yeah it's
4: you're sick. Right. Yeah, and these it, and, and and meanwhile, families are destroyed. It damages our culture and it damages our society, and it makes us less competitive in the global marketplace. But you know, whatever. Hey, you know what? Gotta watch out for that big scary weed. <laughs> Speaking of big, scary weed, there seems to be some employers that are still a little afraid of the big,
3: scary weed, well, too, yeah, right? There, there's, a, there's a big case that's uh, about to hit the Colorado Supreme Court.
4: Can't say uh, that we didn't see this coming. In fact, I'm not even sure where I, uh, where I land on this particular issue. So it's the issue of, really, what's the employer's right when your employees smoke but you have a drug testing policy?
2: Here, depending on how this this is our local goes. news
4: covering it.
6: And the question before the Colorado Supreme Court is, can you be fired for smoking pot after your state has legalized it? This involves a Dish Network employee by the name of Brandon Coates, who was uh, undergoing a routine drug test at his workplace, and they discovered THC, which is, uh, remains in the body after you smoke marijuana. They uh, fired him. And he sued. This was back in 2010. Now this is going before the state Supreme Court. And we go to KOA anchor Brenda Stewart to get the update on this. Uh, tell me something about uh, Brendan Coates. Brenda, was, was he um, uh, impaired on the job in some way?
11: No, no, he was not hurt in the job. Brendan Coates it was actually injured in a car crash. He's now a paraplegic. And he says that he suffers from extreme seizures. And needs the medical marijuana to control those seizures, those spasms, and he claims he's still able to work. He does not show up at work after smoking or with the uh, while impaired, but THC, as you know, can stay in your system for this thing about up to thirty days, right. even after the high has passed.
6: Now he wasn't and, since he's a quadriplegic. It's not like he's operating machinery or anything. He works on the phone, right?
11: No, he was working on the phone. and um, But the, the Dish Network has a drug policy like a lot of companies these days. It's a zero tolerance policy. And they say you can't uh, smoke pot on or off the job. A lot of companies, as you know, are also coming up with similar smoking, anti-smoking right. policies because they're saying it cuts down on uh, their insurance, their health insurance costs for other employees. Uh, he claims this is, you know, his medical right to smoke pot, uh, to relieve his symptoms, and therefore uh, he shouldn't be fired because of it. Uh, a lot of the arguments center around, well, what if he were taking OxyContin or another painkiller? Uh, that would be in his system as well. Uh, even, But if he weren't impaired on the job, he should be allowed to take it. But uh, Dish Network and a lot of other employers are saying, yeah, but it's not – It's not recognized as a legal medicine nationwide. It's still against federal law. And because of that, we have the right to ban it.
4: So uh this is an interesting this is an interesting problem that we've been talking suspecting would come up more and more. In fact, yeah. I'm surprised there's not a bigger deal going on in Washington right now about it too. Well,
3: there there hasn't been a an a legal case yet, but the the state has said, the state of Washington has said that companies are allowed to form their own policy. The the argument here that's going to be happening in Colorado, which will have ramifications, oh for sure, is the the employ uh, the employer is saying, well, you know, it's against federal law. The the argument from the 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 guy that the Dish Network employee his argument is he's not stoned at work yeah he he's he's fighting a, a law in the state of Colorado basically saying that I was fired. Uh, for following something uh, lawful. Legal at home. Legal at home. Basically, the the law states if you're doing something lawful, and it is on the books in the state of Colorado, it's a law, it's recreational and medical, uh, that I cannot be fired for doing something lawful. However, that's where the argument is. It's just like, well, no, it's not lawful in the federal sense.
4: I have a couple couple of ideas on, on maybe how companies can address this. My first idea is maybe a more nuanced drug policy and not a blanket drug policy. Mm-hmm. If you have a quadriplegic, maybe you could have a case exception. A, uh, B, maybe you know for people that are on phones, you have a different standard than people driving. I want to
3: know why the hell he was piss tested and he's on the phones
4: that doesn 't make well, sense well it 's like a lot of places i 've been to there 's just a blanket drug test policy for everyone across the board
3: well, like at my place of employment they don 't they test you at pre employment, which is usually centered at most places, and the only time they ever will if they, they would ever test me or oh, any employee oh, yeah. is if you get in an accident or right, something yeah, yeah. that happens on company property.
4: He uh, got an accident off-company property. It was off-company yeah. property. So here's my other thing. Yeah. So anyways, new more nuanced drug testing. Yeah. That, they could just implement that internally and just say, okay, we have different – class. they already have their job classifications. Yeah. They could just say some classifications don't have drug testing based on the requirements and responsibilities of that job. Right. The other thing is, is we clearly need to come up with a better way of testing uh, because uh, it, this – testing the THC level in the blood is insufficient. And what we need to do is maybe more like – if, somebody, if somebody's going to work somewhere, here, okay, Chase, just follow my line. Of thinking. All right, okay. Say you're a workplace that has a drug test policy, and okay. you wanna, and I, I want to request an exception from you. Okay. Let's say, then you say, okay, well, so you're acknowledging you smoke pot, and you say, yes, and I'm requesting an exception to your drug testing policy, and I, I, I'll sign right here on the dotted line, you know, here's a contract or whatever you call it. I will never, I will never be uh, in, inebriated when I'm working. Right. Then maybe what they do, and then this sounds crazy, but think about this, maybe they have you smoke a blunt. Have you take a, a cognitive test mm-hmm. and then have you take a cognitive test when you're sober where they so – Is they it can, a
3: blunt that they provide you? I don't know. No, I'm just – <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, yeah. this yeah. is a yeah. rough yeah. idea. Yeah.
4: Anyways, the idea would be so they have a gauge test of your mental facilities – How are you mentally performing on your job compared to your baseline versus your stone line? And I don't know how the hell you do this. Maybe you have to have multiple baselines. But what I'm trying to say is measuring the THC in the blood level is too primitive. And if this is 2014, we should be able to come up with a more clever way to measure this. Yeah. Agreed. It's it's insufficient. Agreed. It is not analogous to testing how much alcohol is in your blood.
3: I mean, what... What bothers me the most about this particular situation is employers, you know, they provide medical insurance, obviously, and, you know, they don't want to be stuck holding the bill for any situation, you know, involving marijuana because of the fact of it being illegal on a national scale. But that being said, uh, prescription medications, there are hardcore prescription meds that that run laps around marijuana. And and leave you
4: screwed for days. Yes. So uh, you could take it over on the weekend, and on Tuesday you can still be screwed up.
3: Or, or a guy uh, that decides to get drunk... Every single night, um, and you know, uh, yeah. But then it's not in his system, you know. But he, maybe he's
4: maybe he's been sick and he's degraded his body. He doesn't sleep very well, right. so he's I, tired on the job. And he, I mean, there's all of these things. And the test, my testing idea. The more I think about it, it kind of sucks. But what I'm trying to come at is how we can do this without without it being a piss or blood test because this measuring the THC thing has got to go.
3: Well, uh, it's got to be another way. Yeah, and and usually there's thresholds. I mean, or here's a crazy idea or stop it. And if they just screw up at the job, you
4: fire them. Yeah. And if they don't screw up at the job, you don't fire them.
3: Well, you know the worst thing is cuz you know I got I mean you, 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 you could I, go, you could you could go to a party. No. Let's say you're going to a party, yeah, exactly. you're hanging out with friends, and
4: something happens and you don't even know like you have a brownie. Hey dude, hey,
3: dude you guys want some brownies? And you're exactly. you're, de- you're delirious. It's not fair. It's, it's not.
4: It is not fair because it could last for 30 days and it it's extremely common in a lot of states now. California, Washington, Colorado are just a couple of the popular ones, but there's lots of states that have some form of legal marijuana, maybe medical only. It's extremely common. It is not fair to hold people to something that can accidentally happen. That's number one. That's number one. Number two, I think what what really bothers me about this is it pre-assumes – something that is disgusting about our culture is that yeah. we do not recognize that we are all flawed human beings, and just about every one of us has some vice that other people would not approve of, that would not be societally acceptable. But instead, we all have to pretend like we're these perfect porcelain representations of human beings, and God forbid of us, any of, any of us have any flaws, that we need to nurse with something. And if you're flawed, you can't be here. And so, I don't want anybody flawed around me, because we're all
3: I, perfect. And if you're not perfect, I might not be perfect. Honestly, Chris, it's going to take... A uh, a major corporation, and and I think it's just going to take one, a major one. I'd say anything over a thousand employees, I guess you would consider major. It's going to take one major company to stand up and say, you know what, we're okay with marijuana, we're okay with it. Um, you know, if you're in a state that's recreationally you know, legal, you're okay. If you're medical and you show us a valid card slip, whatever. You're good to go there. But I think it's going to take a major company to step up and say, you know, we're not going to get rid of a good employee, yeah, someone that's I quality, yeah, over this. I
4: also don't want to come on and say – I also feel like um, if, you know, if the employer feels that job requires somebody to have a certain level of uh, faci- faculties and they've decided for their business it cannot be a cannabis smoker, I think it is their right to say, all right, we're going to test you. Yeah. What I would like to see is the reasons for that to be everything except for how they perform in their job. I would like to see all those other ones removed. If it isn't job performance related, I would like to see it gone. Yeah, uh, And that's where I stand
3: on Yeah. No, it will be very interesting to see how here's – the, here's the thing. It's going to end up at the Supreme Court. I know, Will, the, the U.S. Supreme Court. Right now it's in the Colorado Supreme Court. Whoever, whoever loses is going to appeal hmm. and it's going to be escalated. Yeah, you're probably and, right. And it's one of those situations where – and I've already made the Red Book prediction on this and I think Chris has made one similarly as well. We're going to see at some point marijuana – be dropped down to a class two I think it's going to be a stair step approach and eventually this will this will go away just like alcohol just like cigarettes uh, just like these other things you know so we'll keep an eye on it and we'll let you know
4: we'll report on what happens as the story develops as they say
3: now Chris people can go online and maybe participate in discussions, submit stories. Is there a place specifically you know where they like, could go? No,
4: I'll tell you right now, Chase. Unfilter.reddit.com. What? Yep, unfiltered.reddit.com.
3: There's a subreddit for this
4: show? People can go there, give us ideas of what they want Shut to see covered. Shut up. You know, if they're freaking out about about Ebola, let us know. We'll track it in there. Unfilter.reddit.com. That's awesome. What about, uh, like, a way to engage with you online, Chase, and a limited set of characters?
3: You know what? There's a service called Twitter. Uh, it's really cool. It's really hip. You can download apps. It's amazing. You can go to at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S, hmm. and uh, submit your stuff to me. Now, Chris, do you, are you on this service I'm as well? I'm thinking about it. I'm you thinking think about I,
4: it? I, so I parked uh, Twitter.com slash Chris L-A-S. Ah, very nice. I'm just using it for like interacting with community, announcing live events, schedule changes, asking questions, things like that right now. We'll see where it goes. That's
3: right. Very very handsome sign there. Thank you. Yeah. Thank
4: you. Twitter.com slash Chris L-A-S. Chase, uh, I hear you got a website with some content on it. It's back. GeekGamer.tv, the yes. great return.
3: Yes, that's right. And it's fun stuff. We just posted uh, our thoughts and feelings about Microsoft purchasing Mo Yang Studios. Oh, boy. Uh, and oh, boy. It was such a big episode. We had a lot of things to discuss Jeez about Louise. it. Louise. What happened while you guys were out? Summary?
4: Uh, jury's still out. We'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah. yeah. GeekGamer.tv. All right. Thank you, man. Uh, don't forget, you can join us live, jblive.tv. Check out jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. That not only will convert it to your local time zone, but if there's any schedule changes... Well, guess what? You'd see him there first, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. That's right. jblive.tv for the live stream. And a really big thank you to all of our Unfilter supporters, patreon.com slash unfilter. To keep this show going, we
3: need new supporters too. That's right. Thank you so much for joining us, you guys. Go Giants. (laughs) And And we'll see see you right right back
15: back here here next next week. week.
3: There we go, Chase. One last thing i like to share with the unfiltered audience. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, JBTitles.com. Maybe, maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow, I, or maybe not at all. I will keep you all posted. Uh, but the local news affiliate here in Seattle, King5News, uh, we're looking to talk to people who have cut the cord and no longer get cable or satellite. And I'm one of those guys. I reached out, and they want to chat with me about possibly doing a news story about cord cutting. Uh, so um, if that happens, I'll let you guys know. I'll share links on my twitters and uh, keep you guys informed as well.
4: I'm submitting a few st- uh, title suggestions.
3: I I had mine.
4: I've submitted I've submitted the Chorus on Scam, the Chorus on Scare, and the Chorus on Fear Chorus on fear porn.
3: I like the Chorus on Scare. I like that. I also like uh, Ass the American <laughs> Security Service.
4: Jimmytitles.com.
3: I don't fear porn. I do not fear porn. I won't do porn, but I don't fear it.
4: Ebola all the time by Will Riker. You guys, you guys are making me worried that I shouldn't play any Abby clips. You get so distracted by how good looking she was that nobody's paying attention to the message. Hey, I gotta say, she was. She, I thought she's their best yet. Her best yet.
3: I know. You know what was kind of
4: funny though is she then puts up a picture of the Cardassians and how horrid they look, and she looked just about as horrid as they Actually, did. Actually,
3: and for her to say that they're not famous for anything—that's not technically accurate. I'm just saying.
4: The chorus on "Scar" JBTitles.com. I think we should Kim
3: prob- was famous for uh, for something. Mm. Yeah. Just do a Google search, guys. Uh,
4: or keeping up the Coruscant, the Coruscant scam. <laughs> keeping the up end. with
3: the Coruscant.
4: <laughs> I think I like the Coruscant scam.
3: I like that, too, because it is. It, it truly is. Or or a twist on it, the Coruscant myth. Is it a scam or is it a myth? I think it was a scam, Chase. Yeah, fair enough. We should ask Brian. Brian Brushwood. Scam.
4: All right. Scam school. Mm-hmm. All right, the course, ga- the course on scams coming up at top. All right, I think we're gonna go because this is like a long ass show today.
3: Yeah, I gotta run away.
4: Yeah, all right, buddy. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. You guys were uh, on fire in the chat room.
3: You guys a totally,
4: bunch of firecrackers totally firecrackers today. Uh, firecrackers. Uh, and so, go? Uh, join us tomorrow for a tech talk in the morning, and then tech snap in the afternoon. Alan's back from his trip. Should be a good show. Sweet.
5: Yeah.
3: By By the way, Chris, you know, just to let you know my price is two billion dollars give me two billion dollars and i'll endorse your crap